welcome to the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. This is uh, episode six. Uh, thank you all for joining us here tonight. I am Rolo, the Puerto Rican Pistolero. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, beautiful wife, Joe, Latina Locked and Loaded. How's it going tonight, my love? All is well. Well, as well as it can be. Yep. <laughs> yeah, depending on considering the things that have gone on this week and some of the things that we're going to talk about, I definitely feel you there. Yes. So hello, everyone. I hope uh, everyone's doing great. I hope you all have had a great weekend so far. Uh, we're going to have another great show for you lined up tonight. We're going to talk about a few different topics. As always, uh, the top topic being Kamala Harris as Joe Biden's pick for vice president. Uh, and we're also going to talk about good Second Amendment news uh, this week which is the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, striking down California's uh, magazine restrictions, at least for now. So uh, we'll go ahead and talk about that. And today's episode is brought to you by the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution. So without further ado, let's get this started. So, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's just let's go straight into, uh, into, Kamala, into Kamala. Kamala. If there's yes. any... Uh, what's it called Battlestar Galactica fans out there do y'all feel the same way that I do I can't I can't say her name without thinking of the show so let me know if there's any fans out there I, all I think about is it's so bitter <laughs> yeah for those that don't know in uh, Battlestar Galactica they uh, they they switch over a lot of the words like they don't say the uh, the f word they say frack instead so they can get away with it and then uh, some of the other terms they have. So they have a, a, a drug. That, it's suspiciously um, like marijuana. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's supposed to be like their equivalent of marijuana, and it's called Kamala. So anytime I hear uh, Kamala's name, I always think of Kamala Extract, which is uh, from the show. So Ironically, considering her stance on marijuana. Exactly. So it's pretty funny. So that's actually a good way for me to always remember her name. But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Joe's done a little bit of research. Uh, I'm sure that you guys know a little bit about Kamala, especially since she was running herself uh, as a presidential candidate earlier this year. So. I, you know, I, I just want to say it's a little bit annoying if you were a Democrat, um, knowing that Biden may or may not be all there and that everyone kind of knows that the VP is going to be taking the majority of the workload for eventually may end up as the president you know mm -hmm. if he his faculties fail which they may very likely uh do so considering the fact that she was one of the people who did not do well in the primary at all yep so um i remember i was planning on voting for in the primary just to you know um get the worst at least you know i i think it's it's even if you are not a democrat i think it's important to you know, out of the bunch, some of those were very bad candidates that I'm like, I cannot possibly live with someone like Beto um, or Kamala as the possible president. So uh, I was trying to vote for, vote against some people. But uh, by the time that the presidential primary race got to Florida, it was pretty much over. Well, and then in Florida, like many states, you have to be registered in your party in yeah. order to vote for the primary. They don't have an open primary where anybody can. Uh, but you can flip back and forth. Yeah. I used to be a Democrat like way, way, way back mm -hmm. in the day. And, th and that's what people do. I've, I've flipped between independent and Republican, depending yeah. on what's going on. Um, and, you know, people might think it's a dirty trick, but it's a valid strategy if you want to vote in the other party's primary. I think it's fair, primary. though. It's not, I'm not trying to s screw over yeah. another candidate. It's just you should have the right to, you know, if you really just hate one particular 
um, contender than or just prefer one, you know, to be in the final race. I think that should be fair. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's go on to Ka- Kamala. Uh, yes. There's been a lot of controversy over how to say her name. I've seen articles that say that if you pronounce her name wrong, then you're a racist. So <laughs> I'm sorry that I've been a racist because I've apparently been mispronouncing your name this whole time. It's not Kam- Kamala. It's, it's Kamala. Kamala. Yes. So Miss Kamala is a Libra. She is age 55. For any Libras <laughs> out there, I don't know. Just wanted, you know, just in case you're into that personality thing. She, um, she is currently a uni- U.S. senator, uh, the junior U.S. senator from California. Uh, she was elected in the last major election, so she began her stint as a senator in January 2017, which means she does not have a lot of experience um, in the big boys' play, you know, playground, in the sandbox. Prior to that, uh, she was Attorney General of California from January 2011 through January 2017. And prior to that, she was a District Attorney of San Francisco from January 2004 through January 2011. She attended, uh, attended Howard University, and her background, even the Wikipedia states that she is the second African-American woman in the Senate. Uh, that's actually incorrect. If you go by how the definition of that is, her parents are actually immigrants. Um, her mother is from India, mm-hmm. and her father is Jamaican. So technically, that doesn't make her African-American if you want to go by the definition that we usually use. Um, she's West Indies. You know, she's she's Asian and, and West Indies, you know, Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So that's fine, you know. But I just think it's cute that they're um, trying to portray, portray her that way uh, to gain points, you know, because right now it's, you know, very favorable to be. Of course. You know. But it's it's kind of sad because, well, it is sad because it's historic on, it, it would be historic on her own merits being a mixed race of course, uh, it doesn't. You don't have to. Which is the smallest minority of all. Of course. So, and I mean, how funny was it that years ago when she became a senator, they were raving about that she's the first Indian American. Yes, I saw that, I, that. I saw that on Instagram that someone had actually posted the article from 2016 when she became a senator, and the headline was "First Indian American to Become a Senator." Mm-hmm. Now it's the juxtaposition is first. African American female, potentially to become a vice president. Yes. So, or uh, first black female, however they want to spin it. Person, woman of color. <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, I think they specifically be. wrote African American, which yeah, is I technically know. not correct. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, she is controversial because during her presidential uh, run, she tried to come off as the which is the very popular thing now in the party to come off as a progressive. Um, mm-hmm. She wrote a book later on in her um, in her career as a prosecutor. Uh, I think it was called, I forgot what the book was called. But anyway, it was about reform and uh, all these things that she didn't actually stand for during her actual career mm-hmm. as a DA and, and attorney general, which is pretty ironic. So I guess she had already decided at some point later on in her career that she needed to change her image um, because it was going to her track record was going to harm her so um, in the primary debate uh, representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii said uh, 
she really slammed Kamala. She put, uh, she said she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. That one in particular is pretty funny because if you want to go with flip-flop, uh, Kamala, Kamala, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm going to mispronounce it all night. <laughs> Kamala um, was pretty hardcore with prosecuting uh, people for marijuana in her district, mm-hmm. um, which that we know is has historically put down the black community by incarcerating you know mostly predominant predominantly black males in in federal prisons for very small amounts of marijuana mm-hmm. um and they are historically just profiled for that so that has impacted technically her community as she wants to call it now um maybe that's why sleepy joe liked her because uh, he's the one that helped yeah, the 94 so, crime bill so. so together they actually make quite the pair don't they yep but of course, now they're all being hypocritical and say uh, that they're progressive. So now she talks about crime reform and now she talks about legalizing marijuana. But it is not that long ago when she was pretty anti uh, legalizing marijuana. So yep. she's definitely flip flopping. She's reading the crowd. She's playing to that crowd and oh, yeah. not being true to herself or her record. Um, then uh, in the same, in the same, uh, statement that Tulsi Gabbard at the primary uh, debate said uh, Kamala also this one was shocking she blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so that's pretty shady Um, and then she kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California Using the Thirteenth Amendment to uh, tell us a little bit about the Thirteenth Amendment, Rolando. Well, for, those who for, don't know. for a lot of people that don't know, here let me bring up. I was on the spot here, but uh, the Thirteenth Amendment essentially says I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it since I don't have my pocket Constitution directly in front of me. But essentially, it says that uh, obviously slavery is abolished except for cases where uh, you know incarcerate as a punishment for a crime. So. Technically, slavery can still be used uh, as as a form of punishment. So you could you could argue that slavery still kind of exists in the United States, but uh, she definitely used that for her advantage. You know, trying to get uh, inmates to do hard labor that would benefit the state. I found uh, it. It's got. Uh, I'll read it. Thirteenth um, Amendment, Section One: Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. There you go. So it's basically allowing for um, the use of, of, of slave labor or servitude as a punishment. Mm-hmm. You can feel any way you want about it. I don't know. Um, I personally don't like that. Uh, but she apparently has quite the track record as to using that to her advantage for California. Uh, Nicholas in the chat says she also said she listened to Dre and Pac while smoking. Neither put out an album until she was already a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. So there you so go. So she, yeah. So she <laughs> so either lied or self-incriminated herself. Well, she lied either way, but she, uh, she the lie was either did she actually do it, or did she lie about the circumstances, or you know, uh, she's just changing the facts around here. So that's the great thing uh, about her. 
So yeah, so that's where we're at with Kamala. Let me see if there's anything else that Tulsi said. Um, so yeah, she kept... Uh, the thing that got me was she kept people in prison beyond their sentences. I really oh, yeah. want to look that up a little bit more and find out more details. But mm -hmm. I did find an article that had some pretty um, explicit things about a couple of people that she kind of kept in prison or kept them uh, in a situation where they could have gone free and they didn't. I think this goes on. Tulsi says, uh, and she kept to, fought, oh, no, she talks about uh, bail now. She fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Mm -hmm. ha Camilla Harris then responded about being uh, uh, all about the reform and how uh, that she believes in now and that it's really easy to stand on the stage and give pretty speeches in a suit. But then she says, and I am proud of that work. Mm -hmm. Quote. She's yeah. proud of her work she did because she says it's easier said than done and she stands by her work. Now, Supposedly while also not standing by her work yeah, and exactly. saying that everything she did before, she's reformed that now. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, uh, Ken DV in the, uh, in the chat just uh, realized that we're in the same room broadcasting together. <laughs> so Ken, maybe it's your first time watching the show. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we're in the same. This is our, uh, our office slash broadcast studio so to speak if you want to call it that uh yeah so uh yeah we've been doing this we're right next to each other uh, okay wait but oh yeah can no, we can actually well you can't see it but we're actually reaching out so we can, <laughs> we can reach out and touch uh touch one another so we can uh, hold hands pretty funny but uh i would say that part of what makes uh kamala so dangerous is because especially from the perspective of being uh oh there oh ken's conservative boricua Oh, there you go. Yeah, you should have said that right away. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, thanks for watching. <laughs> but really, part of what makes her dangerous, especially I would say to the uh, conservatives and Republicans, is that she's a dangerous choice because obviously she's a minority woman, so that plays into the politics of today, whatever. That, that's not necessarily the biggest deal. But because her prosecutorial record was so harsh, you could probably look and find a lot of conservative and Republican politicians that may have supported some of the things that she did. And we know, obviously, a lot of people supported the 1994 crime bill. Uh, it's really kind of Donald Trump that's kind of moved the Republican Party in a criminal justice reform direction. So uh, that's that's really what makes her dangerous. So you can't we can go after her on the Second Amendment big time. But if you're a conservative trying to go after her for her record as a DA, it's going to be a lot more difficult because you'll probably find a lot of examples, uh, you know, on the conservative side where people may have supported some of those policies. Now, will you be able to find somebody that was as malicious as she was or seemed to have to be gleeful about what she did? I, I don't necessarily think so. And that really speaks a lot to her character as a uh, as as a candidate and as a person. So that's really what makes her dangerous. Let me uh, read this this one section of the article that I shared with yes, uh, Orlando a little while ago. As attorney general, she weaponized technicalities to keep wrongfully convicted people behind bars rather than allow them new trials with competent counsel and prosecutors willing to play fair. Mm -hmm. One of them, Kevin Cooper, is on death row. Another, George Gage, will die in prison without intervention from the governor. In both cases, Harris had the power to change the outcome. She could have demanded DNA testing in Cooper's case. She refused. She could have conceded Gage's conviction was based on the prosecutor's decision to suppress evidence that devastated the credibility of the sole witnesses against him. She didn't. There you go. She's pretty yeah. malicious. <laughs> 
So, okay, I get what you're saying in terms of, like, most conservatives are hard on crime. Yeah. But in this or case... historically. Historically, yeah. yeah. But um, in this case, I just have a hard time not getting annoyed with her for being this way and then pretending to be something else. Well, yeah, it's the level of hypocrisy, and it's really the lack of scrutiny that we're seeing on... On that side of the aisle, which is no surprise, uh, you know, really, that's that's how politics is, especially, you know, we know that the left uh, tends to be pretty uh, dishonest. Uh, bending the truth and being dishonest and throwing smoke screens is uh, is pretty much par for the course for how the progressives do business nowadays. And then uh, one more thing. In 2015, I'm reading this article again. In 2015, when called upon by the Legislative Black Caucus to support bills that would have mandated that all police officers wear body-worn cameras, and that the Attorney General's office investigate the lethal officer-involved shootings, she declined. That is the most relevant thing to current events. Oh, yeah. She could have done something about what's going on now in current events back in 2015, and she refused. Yep. She was specifically called upon by the Legislative Black Caucus to help out on police officer involved shootings and she said no mm -hmm. yep. that's crazy that is absolutely bananas yeah g-dubs writes in the chat hard on crime versus putting millions in prison is different uh it depends on how you look at it i think if we look at historically how the parties kind of advertise tough on crime a lot of times they do look at incarceration rates because they're like, well, we can we can successfully prosecute people for these crimes. And from a prosecutor's perspective, that's seen as successful. Now, I don't necessarily look at it that way because there are certain laws that there are many laws that we could argue are either unconstitutional or the punishment is way too severe for the crime, mm -hmm. especially when we compare. Let's take, for example, a uh, victim of victimless crime versus a, a murder rape or something like that so there are times when you will see obviously it can vary state to state but how many times have we heard of let's say a three strikes you're out sort of circumstance uh, that would have been you know really right there with the 94 crime bill you could get arrested multiple times for you know selling marijuana a small amount and then you get thrown in prison for a decade or two and you might and you see uh, sex offenders get out with with short time that's obviously a totally different discussion and it's beyond kind of the realm of what of what we speak about here and our expertise but uh it's tough uh i i do think that in the past though you could you could point to a lot of republicans saying like oh you know we, we threw these guys in prison for this much stuff and and that um and that i think the conservative movement has moved away towards that i know that especially donald trump has been more on criminal justice reform so I think things are shifting as far as that, but I think uh, I, I do think that that's partially the reason why Biden chose her, and, and not just the fact that he had a um, a, uh, a metaphorical gun pointed to his head by you know basically a lot of uh, black liberals and and uh, leftists saying that he needed to choose a woman, uh, a black woman. Now speaking of guns that you just said. Mm -hmm. In terms of the Second Amendment, because this is a Second Amendment yes. podcast. That's why, what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, Kamala Harris, what, what, what is her stance on gun, gun control? Do you know what her stance on gun control Ooh, is? It's pretty bad. So this is uh, something that she said during the, the primary. She says that she would give Congress 100 days to pass uh, effective gun control policies. And if they did not, 
she would do a presidential i, I keep calling it an edict because in my head like that's what an executive order feels <laughs> an like an executive <laughs> order is like she's gonna pass an edict uh queen kamala will pass an edict um a presidential blah 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 you just said mm -hmm. that um executive order. executive order sorry that's the correct term for it uh to to basically do it herself Mm -hmm. So, which is cute because anytime that um, Donald Trump uses uh, that power, it's unconstitutional. But whenever a Democrat uses it, it's okay because it's for the greater good, right? So, mm -hmm. anyway, so that's something you have to look forward DACA. to. DACA is an example of that. Yeah, exactly. DACA. Those not keeping score. Um, <laughs> so, here's the basic, the gist of, you know, we already talked about Joe. Uh, good old Joe, Sleepy Joe, and what yeah, he's Yeah, for those planning. of us that might be joining us for the first time, you can check out, I believe it was episode four of the podcast, we discussed uh, Joe Biden's gun control, uh, gun control policy. Was it last I'm, week? No, it was episode four. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we already talked, we went over in detail um, Joe Biden's gun control policy, which is pretty bad. Uh, just to recap, he's uh, planning on holding uh, gun manufacturers responsible for any deaths. He's planning mm -hmm. on limiting um, how often you can buy guns and ammo. He's uh, banning a ARs and other high-capacity magazines and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, a mandatory buyback. Yep. That was the big one, too. And, um, yeah, so you got to look forward to that if he's the president. So Kamala has said that she's going to uh, do that. And, you know, why am I talking so much about the VP? Because we all know that Joe may not be around very long, so she may very well be the president. If it goes sideways. And I believe uh, that uh, there was a poll. I'm not sure where it came. I'm not sure if it was Rasmussen or one of the other big polling um, uh, outfits out there. Essentially said something like 65%, 60 to 65% of Democrats actually think that whoever the VP is is going to be the president. And by the uh, way, she she recently like doubled down on that mandatory buyback. She, yeah. she's, she supports that very much so. Um, why yeah. is this all relevant? on this podcast the reason why it's all relevant is i i don't believe that anyone watching this podcast was like gung-ho going to vote for biden mm -hmm. by the way speaking of that lack of gung-ho-ness i um i was doing my hashtags on instagram and i added hashtag trump 2020 then i did hashtag joe biden or looked up biden the trump hashtag had millions the biden harris or just biden by itself had less than half a million so I don't know if that, what that shows, except for the fact that um, I know a lot of people, polls-wise, I, I don't know what's going to happen in November. I'm a pessimist by nature in some <laughs> so aspects. Am I. <laughs> I'm a realist. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, terrified of, of the outcome of this election, mm -hmm. very much so. Um, a lot of people think there's a silent majority. I would like to hope. Um, at this point, I don't know what to think, but the point of it all is there's a lot of people that are not, are never Trumpers, okay? And I'm not super Trumper. I'm just, uh, what is best for the country at this moment? Um, I didn't vote for Trump the first time around. I voted third party, as did Rolando. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and, and I know a lot of the 2A community says that Trump has not been there for the 2A at all. Um, however, at this point, it's not about Trump. It's, it shouldn't be never Trump. It should be never Biden. Yeah. And you got to do what you got to do for it to be never Biden for many reasons. But if you are a gun owner, a supporter of uh, the Second Amendment, of having your family members carry a gun to save their lives potentially, 
you have daughters, if you have wives, if you have granddaughters, you cannot vote in a manner that will lead to Joe Biden winning. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in multiple senses. Yep. Read between the lines if you want to, because I'm not going to endorse anybody on the show or otherwise. Um, I'm simply going to say, do what must be done in order for Biden to never win. We Amen. will not recover. Uh, the 2A community will not recover from Biden-Harris if they mm-hmm. come into power. It's over. Well, especially with the millions of dollars that are being pumped in by, you know, Bloomberg organizations, every town, Moms Demand and all that stuff, which you guys know, we harp on the, those organizations pretty much every week here. And uh, and the lack of millions of dollars on our side, on the pro-Second Amendment side. So it is a lot. Uh, it's a lot to go up against. Uh, I know, ironically or perversely, when a Democrat is in power, it seems like we fight much harder because obviously we're they're there so the threat is immediate but i think that we've become too complacent maybe not in in the last couple of years but definitely before um before trump you know we would just kind of like oh well republicans in power we don't need to worry about anything we're going to be fine and those are the times that we needed to push for pro second amendment legislation to start dismantling uh laws like the nfa uh and the uh you know, the NFA and other gun control, you know, 1986 uh, Gun Control Act and, and laws like that. So that we nip it in the bud. And then the Democrats have to try hard to bring it back to the status quo of today. And so that's that's something that we've we've always harped on here. Screaming still and said, how can they buy them back when they never own them to begin with? Exactly. The way I like. Yeah, exactly. They, they it's it's again. They love to use semantics. They love to use different terms to uh, make something, you know, instead of saying, well, uh, compensated confiscation, which is exactly what it would be. That's essentially what it would say. They're, they say they're going to give you some money, which is usually a fraction of what your firearm costs. Uh, and they call it a buyback because it's a nice sounding thing. It's like, oh, yeah, they're buying it back, man. It's like, that's awesome. And it's cute because it's your own taxes. So they yeah. raise your taxes. So get ready for tax hikes, everybody. Yeah. If it well, wasn't like that's not what this show is about, but – Get ready for tax hikes if they come into power, too. And then they're going to use those tax hikes to pay you the, the pittance that they will be forcing you to sell your weapon to them. Mm-hmm. So always a good time. Always a good time. Yeah, and, uh, can't wait. It's going to be a party. Yep. And then uh, in the chat, uh, uh, conservative Boricua, he mentions California 2A laws are essentially unconstitutional. How the heck, do they, how could the heck can they get away with it? And he's talking about uh, concealed carry. Well, we're actually going to talk about that's the next topic of this discussion here. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. So we're done with Kamala, right? Yes. Yeah, we're done with Kamala. Oh, we didn't Kamala even mention now. her shady, uh, shady dealings with the mayor. Oh, well, we, we haven't even need to do that. We've already been through half the show. But, you know, yeah. Kamala, I, I know you've heard about she had an affair with the former mayor of San Francisco, I believe. Um, let's bring that up. Uh, that's that's a little bit, you know, that's San Francisco. Uh, Willie Brown. That's not really necessarily relevant talking about what we are. It just kind of goes to her character again. That it she's seems just like a, a shady, she's willing to shady, do shady, shady woman. Yeah. She has a history of essentially showing that she's relentless and she's willing to do anything it takes to get what she wants. 
and um, that w- that's what makes her a form a formidable adversary that we need to respect at least in that regard. And she's make- good. Have you ever heard her? Um, I was oh, listening and she can to cry the- on demand. She can do all that good stuff. Oh yeah. She, yeah, she, I'm surprised. I want to know what her her major was at Howard University. I would not be surprised if it was theater. Ooh, well, she lives in Cali, so maybe she had some of her Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood she probably took an improv class. Give her some you. acting. Classes. Anyway, now I'll allow you to move on to California. Yeah. Now that I'm yes. done venting about Kamala. Oh, I'm sure that we, she will be the topic of discussion many times in the future for Hopefully us. not. Hopefully Ho- not. Hopefully, well, hopefully until November and we'll never talk about and her again. And we will again, never ever talk about her again. she says something stupid Goodbye. in Congress after that. But let's move on to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal says California magazine limit violates the Second Amendment. Shocker. So that means, oh, that you guys in California can have these now. Wait, where's mine? Where's mine? Yes. Now we you can't guys hold up guns, but we can, hold can up have bags. standard capacity magazines. All right, awesome! Congratulations, Callie. This uh, is so scary, Rolando. Look, it's got thirty-one bullets in it. Ooh, thirty-one! Oh my God, thirty-one rounds. That's so oh. scary. <laughs> Just means I don't have to reload as often, guys. Come on, come yeah. on. Anyway. So seventy-six wrote uh, that uh, she was a poli sci and econ major. Oh. Maybe she took a couple of electives in uh, in acting. Maybe. So. But yes, this is a huge victory. If you guys know, a few months ago, uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the judges in uh, in California. Gosh, I feel I like we just went through this, didn't we? Just go through. Well, this? we did. Yeah. Uh, it, it had to go to the Ninth Circuit, so it was mm-hmm. one, first. It was one of the lower one of the lower uh, judges basically said, "Hey, this is unconstitutional. Violates the Second Amendment. There shouldn't be any restrictions on magazines." And uh, Becerra, he's the uh, Attorney General, the AG of California. He uh, took it to court to the Ninth Circuit District and they ruled it down two to two to one that it was unconstitutional. Now, a few key things about this, not just that it was they said it was unconstitutional. It is right here. This is extremely important when you're dealing with laws, especially with constitutionality. And that is the level of scrutiny that a law goes under. So there are three levels of scrutiny when dealing with a constitutionality of um of a law or a bill in the Bill of Rights, anything like that. They are rational basis review, which is the lowest and least, uh, uh, which is the lowest level of scrutiny. You have, yeah, yeah, they, they will. Uh, intermediate scrutiny. Yeah, which, yeah, they will what? What? What are you referring to? Oh, uh, I, sorry, I lost my train of thought there because you asked me a question. <laughs> <laughs> are you referring to the chat? Uh, Yes. Well, partially. Well, l- let me get back. Go on for what it. I was go saying. for okay. it. Okay. Levels of scrutiny are rational basis review, intermediate scrutiny, and strict scrutiny. Historically, many times when the Second Amendment comes under uh, under duress in the courts, typically intermediate scrutiny is used. And that I'm not going to go into too many details, but uh, that essentially allows them to go a little bit around what the Second Amendment means and not follow it strictly. Uh, strictly. Uh, this time around, the Ninth Circuit went under strict scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So that means it's necessary necessary to a compelling state interest, narrowly tailored to achieve this compelling purpose, and uses least restrictive means to, uh, to achieve that purpose. So that means that now the Second Amendment is in a much better state as far as this ruling is concerned. So let's look at a little bit more of the details of what exactly this entails. So... The uh, judge, Kenneth Lee, I believe was his name, uh, ruled that the panel held under the first prong of the test. So they wanted to see, is there a burden 
is there a burden to the Second Amendment with this law? Yes. Some of the key things are that they actually consider magazines arms in this discussion. So the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed because they basically applied that magazines are arms. Uh, body armor is actually considered an arm as well. It could be an offensive or defensive implement if you're looking at British common law. <laughs> uh, Get it? If you look further back. So this is huge because now that magazines are, are they, they specifically said magazines are arms. They also said that large capacity magazines, quote unquote, make up more than half of all magazines in circulation in the United States, which that also means that they're in common use. So they're arms and they're in common use. So they can't use that little loop, the unfortunate loophole that as good as the Heller decision was for us in the Supreme Court, Anthony Scalia unfortunately left a little bit of a, uh, sorry about that. That's our battery backup has been uh, giving me an issue here. Uh, it basically, he threw in a little, a little nugget there that hurts us a little bit, meaning that weapons in common use is usually what a lot of courts use to try to push assault weapons bans and things like that, saying, well, you know, assault weapons are not, uh, or How can they get quote, away unquote, with assault saying, weapons. How are ARs not in common use? I need to look at the stats there because they, I feel like I everybody would, that owns a gun has an AR. Well, and who decides what common use is? Exactly. What's the threshold of that? Like, do you know how many guns are? Does it have to be like over 5% or 10% or 50%? What does that actually mean? So it's a BS. It's a BS. Uh, basically, uh, it's the problem is it's not. A, it's not. They didn't define that. They didn't exactly. define that. So it's open to interpretation and therefore makes it dangerous. Yes, but that's what makes what these judges did here so good is that even using those restrictions that we have in place and those technicalities, he basically said common use. And their arms. So that means violation of the Second Amendment if you put any restrictions on them. Uh, Glock MCK. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, Ken in the chat was bringing up. Not related, but your thoughts on the Glock MCK. I'm not sure what is the Glock MCK. There's so many different Glocks that I'm not sure which one that is. Or is that the uh, the chip that makes it fully automatic? Oh, oh, you're talking about the CAA MCK chassis? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, like Our a macaroni kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Those, no, those are awesome. I, I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, I don't have a problem with those. Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll go into things. a little bit of discussion with that. We can talk. We have plenty of time to go a little bit free for all today. But mm -hmm. uh, regardless, this is a big deal uh, right now. Obviously, uh, 76 mentioned that their California is obviously going to appeal this. So until that appeal goes through, they're going to slow walk it. You can't necessarily order and get your magazines right away. However, I know that Brownells, Palmetto State Armory, and all those companies are actually allowing you to submit well, but, an order for yeah. a magazine. But they're holding hold, them. Yes, yeah. they'll hold them for you so that you don't lose your, uh, your, place, uh, your place in line. So you'll actually get those magazines if when this uh, California holds, loses this the appeal. This is pretty, um, what's it called, historic, and, and hopefully will have repercussions for other yes. places like New Jersey. Yes. So we're really rooting for this one. Yeah. So, yeah, if this stands, obviously that means that uh, Washington State, New Jersey, uh, uh, well, Washington State never passed their super restrictive magazines laws, did they, uh, 76? I know that they wanted to pass, like, a five-shot law at one point, which would eliminate even most revolvers at that point as far as capacity. But it'll take out all the, all the usual suspects. You know, your Massachusetts, 
your New Jersey, your New York, California, they'll all get owned. Um, people able to bring up and use this as case law as an example. And it may actually go up to the Supreme Court if they continue trying to fight this and they'll be forced to take it up. Now, hopefully this will be the law of the land for now. They will win that appeal and we'll be good to go and we can start uh, setting a precedence throughout the country and other states can become free again and it'll be an issue that we don't have to deal with for a long time. And we can move on to something else like getting the NFA repealed, which would be awesome. So that this was this is huge this is something that we definitely want to keep looking into we need to support our friends in california i know one of the biggest issues that we that we run into in the second amendment community especially when we're dealing with the non-free states is that a lot of times you'll see gun owners say hey why don't you just leave that state like there's nothing you can do there it's not worth staying there like forget them get out of there and move to a free state that's great. Uh, first of all, not everyone can do that, especially not for, you know, uh, people can't just give up their jobs to be able to own their jobs, their and, families, and their livelihoods. And we know that as California goes, they try to impose their will on the rest of the country. So we need to maintain the fights and the battles in these states so that the contagion does not spread. Because even if we can at least maintain the status quo in those states, it's a victory because they can't spread that illness to other, to other states. So we want to fight on the actual battlefields where we need to fight, try to reclaim our rights in those states for our fellow Second Amendment uh, advocates and gun owners in those states, and really expand everyone's rights rather than playing on the defense all the time. Because once they get everything they want in the blue states, they can take all the money that they would be spending on those legal fights in those states and just lobby in, in, in red states or pro-gun states. So you, it's, it's, a, it's a grand strategy that's involved here, and we really need to uh, uh, support everybody that's fighting in those states. I agree with the not leaving the battleground states because progressive gun control is like you said a contagion it kind of takes over the minds and brainwashes everybody mm -hmm. and unfortunately it's 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 very contagious and um this is like i said this is a very pivotal point in pivotal year i'd say mm -hmm. um an era for the second amendment um we can either lose it all or gain ground if we succeed yeah uh so Manos a la obra, man. You know, like everybody's yeah, got to sure. get in and, and do the work. Um, and I would actually encourage this lawsuit was brought um, by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. So that shows the importance of we know what the NRA is going through right mm -hmm. now and their legal troubles. They can't be relied on to uh, to save anyone but themselves at this at this moment. Um, you know, we spoke a little bit about the NRA last week. If you guys want to know a little bit of our opinion on what we think about that. But you can't rely on them, so we need to rely on local uh, state uh, organizations and other organizations like FPCGOA, the Second Amendment Foundation. But I do encourage, we're part of Florida Carry. I encourage you to join your local groups, your local state groups. But I also would encourage you to invest in groups out of state that are fighting these battles. Mm -hmm. So California Rifle and Pistol Association, go to their website. Give them some love. Give them some money. Because as long as they're fighting the fight in California, that means it does not need to spread somewhere else. Um, 
D76 created. It said, still finding for the ca- still finding all the Californication of Washington. That's what I was actually getting uh, to, that it's it's contagious. And then yep. the people tend to move because they destroyed their, their state, and then they tend to move to the better states that they don't realize are better because they haven't been infected by the stupid ideas. Yeah. So eventually, if we just keep trying to run away from the stupid people <laughs> with bad ideas, we'll have lost the entire country. Yep. So we need to stand and fight. Unfortunately, yep, we do. And the people in the free states need to, like you said, help those states fight. Yep, it's and, not and just about your state. It's about making sure that we don't allow that those that progression forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like I said, those ideas are very sticky. And then if they take off there, they'll start migrating towards you. Yep, they definitely will. So uh, let's uh, check out chat real quick. Uh, Nicholas in the chat says he can't leave Maryland. It's where he has all his stuff. He's got to stay and fight. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and we need to support people like you instead of basically, you know, playing the blame game and saying, well, you're in a you're in a you're in a leftist state. So that's your problem. Well, it's like that's like saying I was born in a t- I was born in a country that I didn't want to be in. And and now I'm screwed instead of like saying, what can I actually do? You know? We, we sometimes don't have the choice or control over those things. We control as much as we can, but this is a national fight. And, and the, but each, uh, each individual battle is going to be in the states, and that's where we need to look at it. Because despite how bad Kamala and Biden's gun control proposals are, it's still very difficult to pass national gun control. So we can't allow the states to make their job any easier on them. So that's that's really why we have to go get all hands on deck here and why we have to involve ourselves and support uh, any organizations that we possibly can. So let's go through some of the things in the chat. We've got a little bit of time today. I we purposefully didn't choose like three topics because we wanted to make it a little bit more open to talk about different things. We can talk about the Glock. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's bring up the, the, the micro Roni over there. So I believe in the chat that. Uh, Ken was bringing up this, the micro Roni, the C, uh, Glock I still want one of those. CAMCK. So let's bring up a picture over here so that everybody uh, can see what we're talking about in case you haven't at, heard of it. I was playing around with one at SHOT Show. Unfortunately, they don't, they didn't have, um, I, I don't own a Glock. So I'm waiting. I was waiting to see if they would make one for the CZ because that's my preferred handgun. So, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of anything. If, if anybody knows me in my collection, I love PCCs or pistol caliber carbines. Um, it, it goes back to I, I mean, the, the concept of a PCC really goes back to the old west. I want to say where you would have, you know, your desperados, your cowboys, your lawmen. Uh, anybody out there you would have your long gun and you would also have your revolver and what was great is you would carry the same thing usually 45 long colt back in the day so you'd have the same ammunition for both your long gun and your pistol which you can imagine how useful that would be and i think and, and you know despite the fact that you're shooting a pistol round out of a rifle you tend to get more velocity now things like the uh microroni and, and things like this, obviously what they do is they brace your pistol to allow, uh, you know, to basically give you More the stability, stability of using a long gun while still having your pistol. So you kind of get the best of both worlds where you don't have to invest in a gun that may be illegal in your state or that, you know, you don't want to spend another $500, five to $800 on getting a dedicated PCC that may use different magazines in your 
than your gun, even though a lot of them do, especially if you use a Glock, you're usually in luck. My Keltec Sub 2000 uses Glock magazines. Uh, I think it's awesome. And it really just makes things very useful, especially if you're carrying it in a defensive situation or you're thinking about uh, SHTF or an apocalyptic situation, then you only know you can stockpile on one on one round or caliber and you you can be flexible. But yeah, so things like this, any any braces, there's a few different ones now. Actually, this, there's, there's a ton of them coming out now. I know that there's another one that's a little bit slimmer than this one, and I think it's only $100. So uh, Nicholas, he wants to get the P320 chassis for his kid. Yep, and since the P320 is catching on since... Um, for those that don't know, the six-hour P320, uh, the U.S. Army actually chose that that uh, platform as their standard sidearm now. So that would be the uh, the M17 and the M18 are the military designations. So you're definitely going to see a lot more accessories for the SIGs now. They're they're going to catch on. Uh, you know, usually a lot of times we see almost everything takes Glock magazines. You'll see some MMP, some Beretta, things like that. But now with the P320s coming. Um, really becoming very popular you're going to see a lot more accessories for that and uh the great thing about the p320 and a lot of these new sig pistols is that you can actually remove the uh you can interchange the slides the grips and the actual serial number is on the internal component rather than the entire gun so you can take out your uh, p320 fire control group throw it into a different chassis and you essentially really do have uh, a pcc so, uh, yes, they usually do have a reciprocating charging handle because obviously it'll, it'll snug into the slide right there. Mm -hmm. I believe they usually catch on to the slide serrations, so it's going to move back and forth. But uh, if you've ever shot one, it's not a big deal. It doesn't really stick out very far in, in handling one. So it's not something as annoying like a Gen 1 Strebog or if you've ever shot a SCAR-17 or something like that where your thumb is going to get broken off uh, if you stick it in the wrong place when that uh, bolt uh, handle is uh, reciprocating. It can be pretty nasty. Would this even work for something that's? Uh, would this only work for for? It wouldn't work for my CZ, right? Because it has uh, the the double action. Uh, I don't. I don't think that that would matter. Yeah. They would obviously just have to make the chassis be able to handle the hammer, which mm -hmm. I'm not sure if in this one you can do it. This so one's it, currently not. No. Yeah. So I think it's. About it you're mostly going to see it with striker fired uh, pistols, just because there's less to worry about. So who knows? I don't know if anybody makes them for double action guns hmm. or, or any hammer fired weapon. So uh, let's check out some more. Hey, no problem. Uh, no problem. 76. Uh, some more in the chat here. The two uh, Screaming Skull Saloon says the two main gun rights organizations here in Minnesota bicker with each other a lot. Not a member, but I'm a member of Gun Owners of America and send letters that concern other states. That's excellent. That's what you got to do. Uh, yeah, and it's unfortunate. Uh, we don't really have any rival groups here in Florida, as far as I know. Uh, Florida Carry seems to be the top dog in town, uh, and they've been getting a lot better over the last few years. They've had some good uh, legal victories, especially when it comes to um, uh, stopping preemption laws, which would allow basically local municipalities. If you think it's bad enough that when you cross uh, state borders, you have to worry about uh, uh, gun laws changing and you becoming a felon, Think about what would happen if you crossed your own county line and you had different restrictions. Mm -hmm. So uh, Florida has what's called preemption, which prevents that from happening. It means the state law is the law of the land. 
and uh, and they can't do that. But some states don't have that protection, so it's something that's another thing they have to worry about, and that's uh, a dirty tactic that they like to use to make it a pain in the butt for you to own a firearm because you can literally cross the street and oh now this gun that I own is illegal and I would be a felon just for owning it, even though inside my house in the same state it's totally fine. But that is how it is. But uh, let's oh let's talk a little bit about ammunition because I see that uh, Screaming Skull was able to say how have you guys been doing on ammo chat? That's something that I'm I'm really curious about. What have you guys been looking uh, out for? We were actually speaking with uh, our good friend Argo J. If you guys don't follow him on social media, check him out. He's he's a great advocate. Uh, we were speaking with him yesterday, and he was telling us that even he couldn't find nine millimeter ammo everywhere. I'm uh, afraid to go shooting. I was telling him <laughs> that my um, a family member of mine, if anyone's ever heard me talk about my family, um, I don't think I've had a much opportunity to talk about them on this podcast, mm -hmm. but I have talked about my family extensively on Hank Strange's podcast and recently uh, on someone else's podcast who hasn't come out yet, so I won't say it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, my family tends to be pretty uh, anti-gun, which is funny. Um but one of my family members I was able to convert, and she's a brand-new gun owner during this craziness. Mm -hmm. That's what convinced her. And we went out, like, shooting two or three times. She's actually a pretty decent shot. We taught her everything, and she's doing great. And she keeps asking, when are we going to go shooting again? So, like, the first couple times, I was just like, I, you know, like, I was trying to be very generous with, you know, because I, I knew how difficult it was for her um, to get to that point. So I shared my ammo, and... Uh, after the third time, I was like, no, you got to buy your own, man. <laughs> yep. So, uh, but I'm just, man, I, I, I don't want to go to the range anymore because I'm so scared I'm not going to be able to get more. And we have a lot, yeah. like, put away. But, you know, especially with what's coming, I don't know how hard it's going to be yeah. to get ammo. So, I've been doing a lot of dry fire practice, which is very good, too, for, like, mechanics and muscle memory. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's definitely making me a better handgun Um shooter and and my trigger control is is getting better so there's benefits to it but yeah how's everybody doing out there when it comes to uh wanting to go to the range now we have i think there was a point where we were going we went like every single week in a month during the training uh oh, of yeah. my, my my family member I definitely but um some. yeah we burnt through a lot of ammo and at this point i'm only willing to shoot 22 <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's and all we can get <coughs> yeah it's uh it's crazy uh and yes, uh, 76 uh, created in the chat says estimates are that November will be as the timeline for bulk ammo. Wow. Oh. And uh, and primers nationally seem to be the issue. I've heard that, too. I've heard that uh, people that are reloading are having a lot of issue getting some of the precursors and, and components. All I know like is that. that when it gets back in stock, I am mass buying it because I don't know when yes. the next time it's going to be that it's going to be bad again. Yep. Yes. So, uh, but let's bring up if, for those. I definitely recommend. Yes, switch to 22 whenever you can. Uh, if you can buy an equivalent, a lot of a lot of manufacturers are awesome, and they make 22 versions of their guns. Specifically, the Glock 44, 22 version of you know basically a Glock 19. You have the MMP 22, which is of course 22 version of the MMP series of pistols. Uh, Ruger makes the LCP uh, now the LCP two and twenty two, especially three eighty is even more difficult, more expensive to find than nine millimeter. So that's a big saving grace. Or if you own an AR uh, platform, 
one of my favorite accessories of all time and something that I've been using like crazy is the CMMG 22 long rifle uh, uh, conversion kit. This is a godsend. It, it is awesome. If you guys have ever seen it, uh, much more inexpensive now. Well, actually, I'm not sure. I was able to get it for about 150 back in the day uh, with three magazines. Drops right into your AR. You pull out your bolt. You can see you've got this little uh, this little dingus right here sticking out. So you, normally your your regular AR bolt or a 22 long rifle bolt would stop right here. So this actually will go into your chamber. So it'll it'll be nice and snug in your 223 or 556 chamber, and your 22 long rifle uh, rounds will actually go out through that. Not as accurate as running it through a, a dedicated 22 upper. But 22-hour receivers are really hard to find, and a good one is usually four to five hundred dollars because you're going to have to get a 22 bolt and obviously the entire upper receiver, and they just they seem to gouge that compared to a regular 223 or 556 upper. But this is awesome. The rounds are uh, the magazines are 25 rounders, works flawlessly. Last time I put about I want to say 150 rounds through it, and we let a few first-time shooters. A shoot it was actually during National Rains Day and it performed flawlessly. Uh, it doesn't work in every single AR. I can't tell you why or why not. We have uh, an MMP, a Smith and Wesson MMP 15 upper. It runs flawlessly through that. My Palmetto State Armory uh, upper, for some reason, it just does not like to. Um, it does not like to fit in there snugly, and it won't allow me to close the uh, the upper and the lower receiver. So. So yeah, but yeah, 200 bucks, yeah, like I said, you can usually find it, uh, it goes on sale a lot, maybe now people are, the secret is out, and people are buying it up more, but I've seen it for as low as $150, so, so has anyone suggested that you shoot a few regular 5.56, no, I haven't heard that before, it would make sense to me, I'm, I'm crazy about cleaning my guns, so that's usually not a problem. Typically, every time Joe will testify to this, after I come from the range, I spend like two hours cleaning all my guns after I get back from the range. Uh, so I'm pretty meticulous about that. I'm not like Lucas T-Rex arms over here that says you can run an AR for like 10 years without cleaning it and it'll still work. <laughs> that's not how I am. I baby my stuff, whether it's uh, the cheapest 22 pistol to, you know, Joe's CZ, like I, I treat them all like they're like they're Nighthawk, 1911s. Well, <laughs> because you have to, you're relying on them to save your life possibly one yeah. day. So it's a little bit silly, in my opinion, to treat your stuff like dirt and just assume it's gonna work because it's supposed to work. Whatever, just maintain your stuff. Not that hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by so. the way, this is a great tool for teaching as well. Not only will it save you ammo, expensive ammo, but also it's great because people who are afraid of ARs um once you show them it's just a 22 they'll get you know gain that confidence and and shoot it and it has less recoil and it's an absolutely amazing way to get people into carbine shooting and get them over that uh, hump of especially with fear. the sound yes yeah. if, yeah. if, if that's you worked only... wonderfully for for our friends yeah especially uh uh especially if you're dealing with uh range restrictions that we're having in a lot of states so for example we don't really have range restrictions down here anymore but the public ranges that are outdoors still seem to be closed down here in south florida sadly so we've had no choice but to uh we've had no choice but to use uh you know indoor ranges 
So having a 22 alternative is not as loud, um, especially when you're bringing all the shooters. Sometimes it will get on you. So there you go. No copper on a 22 ARs are not made for that. So that's uh, G Dubs talking about cleaning out uh, 22. So good words of advice there. And for now it's time for, using for our sponsor, AR. the Sixth Amendment. Yes. So on this week, for those of you that do not know or that may be new to the show, we take the final segment of each episode. We go over one of the amendments of the Bill of Rights, and we uh, dis we read it in English and then in Spanish for those that are their English may not be their first language or anybody that's new to the country or anybody that, you know, they might be second generation or third generation. Maybe your parents or grandparents uh, don't speak English very well, but they want to know more about the United States and the Constitution. Here's a nice source for that. Do you want it in English or in Spanish first? I, I will read it in English, and then you can go in Spanish. Go for it. So we are on the Sixth Amendment this week, which states, In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Enmienda número 6. En toda causa criminal, el acusado gozará del derecho de ser juzgado rápidamente y en público por un jurado imparcial del distrito y estado en que el delito se haya cometido. Distrito que deber, deberá, haber, deberá haber sido determinado previamente por la ley. Así como de que se le haga saber la naturaleza y causa de la acusación de que se le caeré con los testigos que dispongan en su contra, de que se obligue a comparecer a los testigos que, que le favorezcan y de contar con la ayuda de un abogado que lo defienda. There you go. The Second Amendment in... Uh, the Second Amendment? I mean, the, the, the Sixth Amendment in Spanish. Sorry. What, what are we going to do when we so run out of uh, of Constitution, Rolando? Oh, don't worry. I have ideas for that. You think I haven't thought about that? We can go over different parts of the Constitution. Now, obviously, some of them are really complicated and very long, so we won't go. But we'll go through some of the highlights. So, awesome. uh, oh, oh, Smoke Oak Barbecue says that our local range is actually open. Tamiami Gun Range is closed. I thought Markham Park Range... Park Gun Range was open. Tammy, Tammy, I don't know. I've never been there before, but I thought Markham was still closed, but maybe it isn't. Oh, my goodness. So if it isn't, then you know where I'm going to go next weekend. Yes. <laughs> I take that back. I will be going to the range. I miss shooting outdoors so oh, much. Oh, yes. It is so. Especially with the mask wearing, like, the glasses and the mask and then the indoor thing. And no, like, that's just, it's my, I'm all fogged up. It's terrible. I can't see. Oh, I'd rather just be outside, so. Yay, thanks for that uh, info. I hope it's right. <laughs> I'm very excited now. That would definitely be awesome. All right. Well, that is uh, – I also gave you spoilers for episode 13. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we did. We talked a little bit about the 13th Amendment today. But, you know, it's, it's cool. we got to give you guys uh, something to look forward to, right? So, all right. Well, hey, as always, thank you so much. Oh, I did want to give an update, uh, a personal update. I know that last week I had mentioned my grandmother, and I asked you guys uh, to have her in your thoughts and prayers. Unfortunately, um, she did pass away this uh, past Tuesday. Um, my my father, her, her direct son, and my mother were able to be there. Uh, so, thankfully, they were there. The funeral was yesterday, and a lot of my family was able to be there in Puerto Rico. Unfortunately, because of 
the different restrictions that they have, you know, we weren't able to make it. But um, just thank you for those that had her in your thoughts. I know that she's in, in a better place. And, you know, I, I love you, Abuela. Um, you know, and I love all my family. You know, it's something that it's been it's been tough this week, but uh, you know we've gotten we've gotten through it, and I know that she's she's in a better place now. But sorry to end on kind of that note, but I just wanted to let anyone know that uh, that you know was concerned about that last week. But uh, next week we'll be back. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the Seventh Amendment next week. Uh, we'll see what other topics we have. Maybe I've been promising a guest for a long time. Uh, lucky number seven. We'll definitely work on that. So we'll see. We'll we'll work on getting that on, and we'll see who can be our first guest. Hey, it's week. been a couple episodes that we haven't had technical glitches. All yeah. right, so maybe maybe we're ready for it. And everybody, yes, thank and, you and so thank much you for the for, kind wishes, yeah. everyone. I, I appreciate Thanks, that guys. from all of you. Uh, you guys are great. We have a, a great time on this show every week. Uh, it's the highlight of our of, of our weekends. <laughs> Many times sharing time with you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate all of you. and we Don't look forget to smash that like button. Smash that like button. Hit smash the subscribe, subscribe button. button. And, uh, and share. share. Share with your friends. Sharing is caring. That's the best thing that you can do for the show is sharing uh, our, our video with other people who don't know about us. Share it with your friends, whether they're Hispanic or not. I think we do a pretty good rundown of the Second Amendment content yes. that everyone should know. Oh, and so, uh, something that we, uh, we want to start with that I started talking about with Joe is obviously the primary goal of locked and loaded Latinos is to expand um, the gun ownership and advocacy community, specifically in the Latin American community, but pretty much we're here for everybody. But something that we've seen and that what we want to do to kind of encourage this demographic in specific is that we've seen other uh, IG pages do like a spotlight on different people. Like there's a, there's an IG channel, I don't know if uh, page that, I don't know if all of you follow called Guns and Chocolate, and they really focus on uh, black gun owners and what they do. And that's something that we want to start doing on the Locked and Loaded Latinos. So if you're a Locked and Loaded Latino yourself, you go out on the range, take out your family or anybody like Send that. Send us you've an got, email. And you've got some photos. Yeah. Uh, feel free to either DM us on Instagram. Send us a message if you want, if you want us to share that photo. We'll do it once a week where we'll have a spotlight on other Locked and Loaded Latinos throughout the country or even the world if we have any viewers. and you're in a country where you're fortunate enough to own firearms and shoot, uh, we would love to see that and we'd love to showcase you so that we can show other people that this is not uh, an exclusive uh, right just to one race or one, one gender or anything like that. Uh, the Second Amendment really is for all of us and that's something that we want to highlight. So again, shoot us a DM on Instagram first. Uh, we'll set up an email address once we start getting that going as well. DM and us uh, at on Instagram at Locked and Loaded Latinos. Yes. Uh, Rolando over here is at Puerto Rican Pistolero. Yes. And myself, I am Latina Locked and Loaded. That's an N, not an ampersand. Mm -hmm. um, follow us and uh, send us your pictures. And we would really be happy to start melding. Well, not that it, no, we're going to start doing it. But the Latino community needs to step up and become the next big I don't know. Well, Face of the gun community. We, we are, we're not we're, doing it, guys. Let's do it. Uh, Hispanics are the fastest growing demographic in the United States. And by many accounts, we will become the ethnic majority in yeah, a few decades. Yeah, I think decades. we're at 20% now. So we need to make sure that as a culture, if we are going to expand our footprint here, we need to make sure that we all are Americans, that we understand our rights, and that we promote and um, espouse those rights any way that we can. And that is our goal. 
and I know it's the goal of all of you guys out there. So any way that we can encourage that, that's what we want to do, and that's how we want let's to approach it. Let's be visible it. and let's be vocal. Yes. Definitely. Visible and vocal, supporting the Second Amendment and the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful night, guys. Thank you so much for watching. As always, I am Latina Locked and Loaded, JoJo Rosie, and this is... Puerto Rican Pistolero Rolo. Uh, give us out. a like, subscribe, listen to uh, the audio podcast if you couldn't catch it tonight on Spotify, uh, iTunes, and wherever your free podcasts are sold. Thank, Thank you. God, God bless, bless and take care, everybody. Good night.